0: a green
1: and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veterans Services Department. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens.
0: During the Packers' 34-17 win over the 49ers, they started running out of running backs. I asked Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. At running back, Dexter Williams left after just... Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the final inspection show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda, Steve Zotke, along with the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski, and Guy Hobbs will be joining us in just a moment. And uh, Jeff, it's it's we're winding up the, the NASCAR career of uh, Jimmy Johnson. Of course, Jimmy Johnson is going to continue to drive in kind of a an odd reverse uh of late uh, where an actually a NASCAR driver is going to go IndyCar racing whereas in the past it's it's been the other way around with drivers such as uh like Robbie Gordon or Danica Patrick and that um and I just wanted to kind of get uh, maybe give us a thumbnail sketch overall of uh, your opinion of Jimmy Johnson Uh, of course seven-time nascar champion and uh just your your kind of thoughts as he transitions away
1: from uh an active cup driver well obviously you know first ballot hall of famer the guy has got just an amazing career he's definitely you know you can put him in the uh conversation for uh you know is he the best driver ever and uh you know you can't take anything away from jimmy johnson he um to me, it, he kind of showed that there is value on, on mentorship. You know, he comes in, uh, into the 48 he's got Gordon who's a co-owner and obviously, you know, I would imagine, uh, behind the scenes took Jimmy under his wing. And, you know, obviously Jimmy had a lot of talent, uh, coming in, but, uh, you know, Gordon sat there and, you know, helped shape him and uh and all that. You know, Jimmy Johnson he was never one and I, I call him boring. I think uh, you know, he's vanilla, he's kinda, you know, California hippie. Um but, you know, he he never made that mistake. He never sat there and would uh, you know, put his foot in his mouth like uh you know, like Robbie Gordon or Jimmy Spencer or, you know, one of those guys. He would never get into uh, stupid altercations on the track like Joey Logano and and guys like that. He just he went about it very workmanlike and and just straight dominated. And for years, I hated him. I was so tired of seeing him and Chad Canals and all the success they had. And, um, you know, but you can't take anything away from him. I think uh, he was lucky that he had a, uh, a great crew chief who, uh, you know, was able to bend certain rules to help his guy out. Sometimes get caught, so uh, most times not. Um, but you know, Jimmy was phenomenal and and a great ambassador for NASCAR. I'm concerned that uh, he's making the jump to IndyCar because. I don't think he's going to. A, I don't think he's going to do all that well. And I hope that people don't sit there and judge uh, without really knowing what's going on. Oh, well, this is a seven-time NASCAR champion. He comes to IndyCar and he can't finish any better than 15th. You know, I hope that that's not the narrative that gets that gets talked about next season. I don't think Jimmy Johnson is going to run anywhere near the top in IndyCar. You know, if you're just two-tenths of a second slower than the rest of those guys with as tight as that series is, (laughs) you're way in the back. And so, you know, I'm I'm nervous because I think that, um, you know, it could give NASCAR kind of a bad name that their seven-time champion is going to go to IndyCar and struggle mightily next season.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, some of uh, Wisconsin fans may remember that Jimmy Johnson's kind of stock car career kind of got started in the Wisconsin area here with Herzog uh, Motorsports uh, in the ASA series in the, I guess it would have been in the late 90s, a- and, you know, he lived in, in Sussex for, for a year. And a kind of amusing story is uh, uh, Jim Trado, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, he he was a, he actually introduced me to Jimmy Johnson at that time, and I was in the midst of a conversation with somebody, and I kind of said hi, how are you doing, and I kind of blew him off, and I always thought that was kind of funny. That <laughs> I don't think I was rude to him, but I know I I, I was just in a I was, uh, for I've, I you know the funny thing I can't even remember what the conversation was, but I know it was kind of involving something that. Uh,
1: I couldn't really chat
2: with Jimmy at the time, but I always thought that was kind of amusing. But, yeah, I mean, a great, great ambassador to the sport. And, you know, he got in at at, at the right time, too. NASCAR was still uh, king. And I guess, you know, for those who maybe have been just following NASCAR maybe for the last 10 years or that, I mean for, for those of us like Jeff and I and, and even Guy Hobbs here who's joining me, you know, NASCAR was so big and it was it was it was a you know, to be honest, a different sport twenty years ago. And uh, guy who lived in Daytona for many years was involved in radio and, and just maybe Guy if you can kind of just to kinda of tell us how you know, how intertwined NASCAR was in the fabric of, you know, that's not only Charlotte but in Daytona back then
3: well <clears throat> nascar owned daytona uh, not only did obviously nascar headquarters there uh, but everything to do with daytona or any decision made by the mayor of daytona or the ambassador not the ambassadors the alderman of daytona was all based on well what would nascar do and can we should we build this hotel well yeah it'd be great for spring break but what about nascar and uh, all the, I mean, to the point where all the restaurants and all the bars and sports bars were all dominated by NASCAR. I made a mistake one day of going to one of the big sports bars and suggesting they turn the Green Bay Packer game on, on the big screen. I was quickly escorted outside and went home and listened to it on the radio. Uh, because there was no way there was, it was being... I forget what race was on, but whatever race was on was definitely dominated. And then of course, if there was football on, it was going to be Jacksonville or Miami. Um, but I mean, it, it, they t- Bill France—no, not Bill France, Jim France. I mean, it, he is out in the public in Daytona all the time, meeting and asking people about the Speedway and things that maybe NASCAR can help Daytona or anything they can do or anything he can do. And then of course he quickly jumps on his plane and goes somewhere else. But they they are they're fully aware of Daytona being their home. And Daytona did like I say, the spring break period, they went through about ten years there and they went through another period of some other events going on. But at the end of the day it's a NASCAR owned town and run town and people don't talk about Daytona as being all the spring break capital of the world. They talk about well oh, that's where NASCAR is it certainly is
2: yeah I, I got a buddy of mine in, in alabama who who was jokes he goes well you know the number one sport is uh you know is nascar down south i go well, i thought it was you know scc football he goes no scc football is is a religion nascar is the number one sport in the south so jeff any final thoughts
1: well guy i just wanted to ask you real quick um a, did you big-time uh, Jimmy Johnson in all your years down there like Steve did? And what were your thoughts when you saw Jimmy coming up? Did you think that he had a chance to be as successful as he was, or did you think he'd just be kind of a run of a mill uh, driver?
3: Well, I never thought he was run-of-the-mill driver, but I didn't think he was ever going to be as successful as he was. I don't think anyone thought he was going to be as successful as he was except for probably jeff gordon who realized what a great talent he was but uh, uh, when he first came i interviewed him um probably his would have been his first daytona Uh, and you could see the look on his eyes and everything it was he was like oh my god this is daytona this isn't baja or off-road california racing this is serious stuff now and looking up into the crowd and there's two hundred thousand people sitting let alone what else is around the the stadium or the racetrack but you could see he was very wide-eyed and like what the heck have I got myself into and then sure enough he took the ball by the horns seven-time champion and now uh, we get to look forward to him running in IndyCar which um, obviously he's with a great team uh, but I I think he's going to find it a lot different running IndyCar than a, a, Baja, or B, NASCAR. But, I mean, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Easy to get on with. And he was very... Some of the... I mean, some people there... I tried interviewing various drivers over the years there and after 10 years, they still wouldn't say a word to me. And Jimmy Johnson, would he would actually come and find me out and say, oh, you're the guy that does the radio. I need to be talking to you because it's good for me. Um, but I, he's going to be fine doing IndyCar too.
1: One more question here for you, Guy. Um, do you think that the IndyCar schedule will help Jimmy Johnson? You know, NASCAR, they basically run every single week from February to November. Uh, you know, Corona break obviously excluded uh, because of 2020. But normally every week from uh, February to November, do you think that the um, The way that the IndyCar uh, schedule is, where they'll have a race, and sometimes they'll have two weeks or even three weeks off in between races, do you think that that will help Jimmy Johnson? um, You know, he can get more time in the simulator, or whatever he needs to work on to improve his craft when it comes to IndyCar racing.
3: Uh, Well, because the only way to improve your craft in IndyCar racing, you mentioned simulators but really the only way to do it is actually behind the wheel of the car in traffic and racing against other cars because it's going to be so different to him running side by side or not side by side but uh end on end to an indy car around an oval to running a nascar or a cup car around an oval Um, and of course the, the the biggest thing for him is going to be the, the, the fact that it's open wheel. And you cannot, oh, I'll just give him a slight nudge and move him out of the way. Because you can't do that, in, as you know, in IndyCar. Uh, it, or you'll pay a very severe penalty. I think the schedule is probably going to, I'm guessing from Jimmy Johnson, from what I've seen of him, all those weeks that they have off, he will probably find something else to race somewhere else. He'll probably go and run a truck race or a, a off-road race somewhere just to keep himself, because he is extremely fit. Um, I expect he'll take up some other sport like running marathons or something on off weekends. Yeah, he's done that before. I think the, the probably the biggest thing for Jimmy Johnson is going to be he's not going to be Jimmy. It'd be like, um, well, oh, I can't think of it. Equivalent, but for him, he's not going to be Jimmy Johnson walking around the paddock. It, you know, he's so used to walking around the paddock. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson. And now he's going to be walking around the paddock and be a bunch of people there going, oh, "Who? I recognize that guy. Who's that guy?" He. Well, I don't think
2: it'll be that bad, but he it'll be interesting to see. You know, with 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 Jimmy, I think he he he's doing this because he wants to do this. You know, some people may forget that. Yeah, you know, he was a Chevy. He was a Chevy back driver coming up, and he had a choice, as a, as a, as a few drivers did back in the late '90s, on which direction he wanted to go. And he had the option of either going IndyCar racing or NASCAR racing. But at that time, you know, you had the IndyCar split with between CART uh, and the IRL. And it was interesting. I was listening to Robbie Gordon on the Dale uh, Earnhardt Jr. podcast. And he kind of had a similar situation where he was actually in IndyCar at that time and made the decision to go NASCAR because, well, at that time it was a more, uh, I don't want to say easier, but more of a lucrative maybe, more options uh, than in IndyCar at the time. And Jimmy Johnson did the same thing. And to be honest, I think it was the right decision. If I was in, in, in his shoes, he, you know, I would probably have done the same thing. However, uh, that was always been in the back of his mind to do you know, to run IndyCar, and I think it's kind of surprising that if you ask him, you know, that he's actually being able to do this at this time of his career. Of course, he's not doing the Indy 500 or the, or the three ovals this year, and uh, but I mean, he's going to be running street and road courses, which I think, ironically, guy, it might be in a way tougher. Because you have to be more exact and, and kind of, it might be for a guy stepping into a car from his background might be a little bit tougher, isn't it, to, to run a Long Beach than it would be running a, a well, maybe not Indy, but like
3: a, an Oval at maybe Texas. Well, of course, I'm sure he knows, but the biggest thing for him, obviously he's run NASCAR on road courses, but the biggest thing for him is going to be when he goes into his first corner. Uh, on a street course or a road course, and they're going to say to him, Yeah, yeah, you, you don't brake until the mm-hmm. twenty yard marker, and he'll be like, No, no, I brake coming into turn five at Road America. I start braking about halfway down the straightaway. They're like, No, 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 you brake with about ten feet to go, and you and you don't you don't brake. You just touch the brake, rebalance, set the balance of the car, and then get back on the gas again. And he'll be like, No, 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 that, that's not how it works. And like, Yeah, that's how it works in an Indy car. Um, so it'll be interesting, but of course. You know, we've seen a lot of people do the crossover from go the other way around indycar to nascar because they never get on well there um, because the nascar is such you've got to have a, a teammate or you have got to have a, a, a manufacturer you can hook up with and the draft is so important um, to come in the other way i think he's i think he's probably going to be well we know he's a perfectly capable driver so Well, once he's figured out things like the braking and um, who he can run. And, of course, that's the other thing is who you can race with and who you can't race with. There are certain people on the IndyCar Mm -hmm. circuit that you avoid at all costs or you don't mind racing with. You know, they're going to give you racing room. There's some people that they're just not going to give you the racing room or they don't even know you're there to start with. So it's going to be an interesting, uh, quick learning curve for him. But I think, well, of someone else who did it very quickly was... Juan pablo montoya and of course he went on to win championships and formula one then he tried doing the nascar switch and it didn't work out too well for him uh but i think jimmy johnson coming the other way well i think and of course he's running in a great team and everything else he, he's going to be probably just fine i'm not he's not going to go out and win the championship but right. he's certainly going to get results and show very strongly i would imagine well, look. Good just stuff.
1: Hope that Jimmy Johnson doesn't run into a jet dryer like uh, Juan Pablo Montoya
2: <laughs> did that time. <laughs> oh, you had to bring that up, didn't you, Jeff? <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, Eddie Lapine on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the Legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. And welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in New, New Grove, along with our friends at David Honda, Of course, Steve Zotky and the Polish Pipe. I'm Jeff Verlosky being joined here in just a moment by Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. But before we get to Eddie, uh, Jeff, I just wanted to touch base with you. Uh, you had some Kyle Larson racing news, don't you?
1: Yeah, since he uh, is going to be joining uh, Hendrick and and running the five car uh, next season, Kyle Larson, uh, the Sprint Cup uh, Sprint car team is uh, is shutting their doors, which uh, I find surprising when he uh, joined in and uh, and began that team. It was a partnership with Justin Marks, who now is uh, going to be you know running with uh, Daniel Suarez in uh, Justin Marks uh, track house racing team in the Cup Series. But uh, with the level of success that they have had uh, as far as sprint cars, and if you haven't been paying attention, Kyle Larson has just been phenomenal the entire season, winning you know uh, 60 or 65 percent of uh, of all the events this year in uh, in that sprint series. Uh, it's just uh, to me, it, it, it's a little surprising that he would just shutter the doors and and not uh, not try somebody and and keep the team going.
2: Yeah, it is a shame. I guess they did lose their sponsor, if I recall right. And uh, of course, Brad Sweet uh, for Casey Kane Racing did win his uh, second consecutive Outlaws title. So interesting uh, that uh, Brad Sweet, who is Kyle Larson's brother-in-law, wins the championship. Of course, now Kyle Larson, you think, well, Kyle Larson won all those races. Why didn't he win the championship? Well, he wasn't running for points. He wasn't running the entire season. He was kind of, as as they used to say back in the day, uh, was a money racer. He was just running the big races in a variety of uh, uh, sanctioning bodies and whatnot. So, yeah, Kyle Larson, a phenomenal year on the dirt, easily the dirt – dirt track driver of the year i think if they would have a poll for that so uh, joining us uh let's bring in eddie eddie lapine from RacingNation.com, who if i recall or if i got my uh feedback right here is at daytona for a pretty neat deal of course they're having the uh the historics there that's a pretty deal uh, neat deal the uh the 2020 Historic Sports Car Racing Championship, the Classic Daytona, which is a pretty neat deal. It's uh, with the Historic uh, Sports Racing Car Series uh, and IMSA at Daytona. And Eddie, welcome to the show. Kind of explain how that, how this uh, event is uh, works. It, it's 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 certainly different from the usual vintage uh, uh, racing events that they have. Well, it's it's happy
4: to be here. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. The weather's great down here in Florida, as uh, as I could predict uh, with Daytona. This event is awesome. It, this is the fourth year, and it's it's grown and leaps and bounds, even considering what we've gone through this year. Um, they have a really strong turnout. They have seven classes, and they basically rotate. They run for an hour, and then they bring in the next class. So for 24 hours, you have a constant flow of 24-hour racing. And what's really special about this is it's cars that have run. I mean, you have 935s, you have 962s. I mean, cars that are worth $5 million. I mean, some cars in excess of $5 million, depending on when you auction them off, but it's an amazing thing, and it's a lot of guys that just keep rejuvenating this series and these cars. I mean, it's really awesome to be here and be a part of it. Definitely see these cars. I mean, these are cars we, me and you, Steve, grew up with watching and got us hooked into sports car racing.
2: Yeah, pretty neat deal. One of my uh, buddies who just restored a car. Uh, he restored Kyle Tilley's uh, Lola T210, T, uh, uh, which was a fast qualifier in his class. Of course, Kyle Tilley runs uh, ERA Motorsports, which runs a LMP2 uh, class in IMSA. And uh, it's kind of neat because you have, uh, you know, you, have, you got some pretty neat drivers, some very talented drivers in here. Uh, like uh, Brad Jager, who's who's run in the past. Cody Swanson, the USAC driver, is running a uh, w- uh, Doran Racing car with with uh, Brad Jager, and then you have uh, a couple other racers too. I know. I think uh, guy was just mentioning. I think Andy Lally, Andy Lally has raced in this in in the past as other racers. Uh, any other drivers that you've seen this weekend that uh, some of our listeners may recognize uh, racing either here or. Or down there at Daytona.
4: Well, Tommy Byrne,
2: uh, who's been driving,
4: I think he's just relentless. He drives anything. I mean, from, I mean, I raced against him last year in, in the in the Champ Car series, and uh, he's always in something. Um, Juan Barbosa is here driving a DP car with Action Express. So, I mean, it's it's. It's just a neat deal to see these, you know, I guess you would call them gentlemen drivers, some of them, with professional drivers. And Carlos De Segada's driving his DP car he won. He's a local from Tampa and a big Porsche guy, and he's going to be uh, his son's racing uh, next weekend at the 12 Hours of Sebring for Lexus, Michael. And all these guys are racing for twenty-four hour or twenty-four hours, multiple drivers switching into other cars and stuff like that. It's just a neat—it's uh, just a neat event to see these cars at Daytona. And
2: well, since you clear. mentioned Tommy Byrne and I have Guy Hobbs here, I mean, what what better segue than to uh, for Guy to give us one of his many many Tommy. Tommy Byrne stories uh, guy have at it
3: well we could be here all day but Tommy Byrne as you know unbelievable fantastic racer um, and I had the privilege but that's definitely in exclamation marks of working in television with Tommy I actually recommended him and he and I covered the South American Formula Three championship uh he went for an audition we went to orlando uh, to disney world in orlando which is owned by abc or vice versa and we went for an audition and uh, tommy being irish and being tommy i said to him i said we have to be fully prepared for this i'm trying to get you a job it's going to be a high paying job or reasonably high paying job high paying for tommy let's put it that way <laughs> um, and you have to behave and we're going to go to this audition and afterwards depending on how it goes, we'll celebrate or whatever. Oh, well, not Tommy. We had to celebrate before we went to the job. So I tried to explain to him it's was probably not going to sit well with the guy actually we're being interviewed and doing a demo with in this massive Disney World studio. Um, luckily, he got away with it, got the job, and then he ended up coming working with me at ESPN in... Connecticut, we worked out of Bristol and of course I should have known, I recommended Tommy for the job, He went for the interview and then I tried to uh, he also lived in Daytona at the time, so I tried to explain to him that he should fly at the same planes I do, so we both know we're both there he couldn't do any of that and finally we got him on the TV in the very first race and I'm doing introductions and explaining the series and how I have with me the former British Formula 3 champion that we brought in especially for the series and and I gave him a great big introduction at which point Tommy said in Irish and I can't say the second word but basically are we blank on (laughs) and I said yes Tommy we are on we are back live on uh, at which point he looked at me and said, you're effing kidding me. Uh, I'm like, no, I'm not. We are on. And he's like, oh. Uh, needless oh, to say, did go over too well. Uh, guy, but he's he done uh, for a couple of guy, years with me. Tommy,
4: guy, Tommy's still the same way. He was still joking around on the grid today. And uh, Tommy is, yeah, he's a character. He'll, he'd go anywhere for food. He'll race for food. Uh, He doesn't care about the money. He just wants to race every weekend. I know when I raced go-karts with him, uh, we came in when we were running down here with Calvin Fish, me and him, and he he hit me so hard from behind, and I think I almost knocked the filling out. And he's going, Eddie, what are you lifting for? And I says, Tommy, I'm not lifting. (laughs) I mean, he just... Is always flat out and fun, and he's a great guy to be around. And that's kind of what HSR and uh, this deal at Daytona is like.
2: Well, I tell you what, let's take a quick break. That's good stuff from Tommy Byrne. Hey, make sure you tell uh, Tommy, the guys, guy, and Steve say hi. And uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, uh, Eddie and Jeff and I will do our predictions. For the Phoenix race uh, coming up here later today, and of course the Cup Finale coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. <music> Hey, welcome back to the final inspection show brought to you by the Legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Obshana joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, of course from RacingNation.com. It is Eddie Lapine who's live in Daytona, and uh, next week uh, it's the IMSA finale, the Twelve Hours of Sebring. Eddie, what what can we look for uh, at Sebring next week?
4: I think it's it's going to be very exciting. I think with Porsche's upward swing. Of recent winning the last couple races. And I think the points championship in the prototype class is, is really heated up as Team Penske's trying to secure their second uh, championship in a row as they exit the series. I think it's going to be a really 12 hour sprint race, it's going to be.
1: Jeff? Uh, Eddie, do you, do you uh, see any F one drivers making the jump to IndyCar next season? <laughs> uh,
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I I read the report about Grosjean coming to IndyCar racing. Um, it, it's possible. I mean, Kevin Magnuson, you know, I don't think his career is over. I, you know, I, I the seats are evaporating in Formula One, so. I guess the next logical step would be IndyCar racing, but I'll tell you, IndyCar racing, I mean, has become a stacked full field of drivers, really good drivers. Uh, we had our, our best year again this year with uh, the Rookie Field. I mean, these guys are they're giving the older drivers a hard time, not too bad with scott dixon because you know i mean he keeps finding ways to win at his age but uh i think uh it's going to be tough for them to come over because i think you know they're going to need money like anything
2: um yeah it'll be interesting and then plus uh next um this was just announced too i think this is kind of cool uh f1's going to go to saudi arabia Next year run a night race, so I'll be interesting. I love the I love the F1 night races, uh, so it'll be interesting to see next year how that works out, Eddie. We're kind of getting up here on time. Uh, I, I do want to do predictions, Eddie. Let's go to you first uh, for the Xfinity Series in Phoenix. I, I'm gonna go with uh, I,
4: I think Chase Briscoe's gonna win it. I think he's gonna win the championship and he's going to win the race. I'm going
2: to go with him. All right. Guy Hobbs, who do you like in the Xfinity Series?
3: Well, I'm told I like Justin Haley, apparently. <laughs> uh, so Justin Haley, yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Justin Haley. Okay. Jeff, who do you like well, for the Xfinity Series?
1: Briscoe and Cindric are the, uh, the favorites. I think that Allgaier uh, would be number three. I'm going with Guy Hobbs. Give me Justin Haley.
2: Oh, hey, let's see. Okay, I'm going to go with Briscoe. I'm going to pick Chalk on this one. Uh, I think it would be a shame if he didn't win the championship this year, since especially since he's been the dominant driver. And uh, I would like that to be a nice send-off for him as he goes into the Cup Series in the 14 car, which I'm looking forward to. I'm going to be uh, one of his biggest fans out there. So let's go switch over to the Cup Series. Eddie. Who do you like uh, next or tomorrow in the, in the uh, Cup Series at Phoenix?
4: I am going to go with um, Kevin Harvick to win the race because I think he really wants to end it with a win, and I don't, I don't think nobody's going to be able to mess with him. And I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski.
2: I like that. And then uh, Guy, who do you like for the Cup Series tomorrow?
3: For the series, I like Joey Logano, and then for the race, I'm going to go with a surprise winner coming from behind Danica Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be that would be an
2: upset, Jeff. What do you like?
1: Uh, I'm going to take Kyle Busch for the race win, and I am going to uh, to go with uh, go with Keselowski for the championship. Really. I hope that
2: so. is interesting. I hope Uh you. Boy, uh, I am going to go with... Uh, I should pick him just so he doesn't win. I'm going to go with Logano.
1: Okay. Your boy. Your favorite.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that would, be the fitting, <laughs> that would be the fitting way for me to end a racing season this year would be uh, Joey Logano winning the championship for the second time. I
1: hope oh, yeah. so. Sure Especially after watching Harvick get eliminated last week, it uh, would kind of be icing on the cake for Joey Logano to uh, to win it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, this is the final show of the year, and I, Jeff, uh, you know, I, I got to just say thank you so much for the for the pipe bomb. Uh, awesome job this year. You have been my savior, and I appreciate everything you've done this year on the show. You uh, certainly are my uh, my uh, just partner in this. I really appreciate it. Everything you've done. I'd also like to thank uh, Dennis Dennis M- uh, Michelson for D. Mike Media for everything he's done. And of course, we couldn't be able to do this without the support from uh, Great Lakes Dragway and Royal Certainly appreciate everything they've done. Also, uh, David Hobbs Honda, we certainly appreciate their support too. And of course, Road America too, for their hospitality and support throughout the year. Uh, Eddie, thank you. Uh, for coming on the show from RacingNation.com, everything you've been able to contribute, and uh, a big help for you guys. Thank you so much.
1: Hey, thank you thank as well, Steve. I told you it's the best two hours of my week every week, and I mean that. Thank you, and hats off to uh, Mitch and to Austin, who produced us all season long. Thank you guys as well.
2: Eddie, thank you. appreciate everything you've done, you. and uh, keep on kicking butt down there in Florida, all right?
4: Thanks, guys. It was a great year. Hopefully uh, 2021 will be better.
2: Oh, you bet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, uh, Eddie, thank you. And I just want to thank some other people here as we uh, get to the end of the show. Of course, I'd like to thank uh, David Hobbs, our Formula One expert, for his uh, his support throughout the year. Also, Larry Janicek, uh, Judy Stropis, too. You might not know who Judy is. Judy is a legend in the world of racing, from behind the scenes, and she's been very helpful. Bringing in uh, a lot of the authors that we have on the show, uh, including like we had Pete Lyons on last month and his uh, book, the 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 Shadow. Can-Am and Formula 5000 book, the the uh, just a fantastic book. If you get a chance, make sure you get that book. It's well worth the investment. Uh, one of the best coffee table books out there, and also throughout all the uh, all the 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 books we've reviewed those are on the the facebook page on the final inspection show uh just some really good stuff uh pete Lyons george falmer who is on the show uh not as many uh driver interviews obviously this year because of the COVID situation but hopefully we'll be able to uh, increase that next year but uh just the support of everybody throughout the year it's been to be honest it's not the easiest it's been tougher this year than any other year to do this show uh just because the constraints doing this not in studio is also so we appreciate your patience with us uh jeff and i not be able to wink at each other and wave to each other when we so we don't step on each other which has been kind of an issue this year so we certainly appreciate it guy hobbs thank you for being on the show appreciate it did you have fun today
3: i had more fun than is legal in alcott lake
2: All right. And uh, thank you, Austin. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next year on the Final Inspection Show.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.